Dominus vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Ioannem. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draw him and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except the one who is from God. He has seen the father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Verbum Domini Take just a moment, please, to make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apagan los teléfonos celulares, por favor. Pardon me, you've heard me mention before, if someone arrived now, or even later in the Holy Mass, and even stayed to the final blessing, would they fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday? No. Why is that? Well, the Gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It can't be skipped. But as you can see on page 4 of the bulletin after this Mass, we still have three other Masses. They could attend one of those. We have a total of eight Masses, right? Uh, Friends, I don't have it in the bulletin, but uh, the middle of September, September 16th at 7 p.m. over in the Education Building, we'll have the first meeting of the RCIA for the people who are considering learning about the Church, possibly entering the Catholic Church. There you go. So September 16th, I mentioned it last week, I'm mentioning it again today. Page 4 of the bulletin, yesterday was the Feast of St. Dominic Guzman, um, the founder of the Dominican Order, someone very dedicated to this, uh, to praying the rosary. That's what the rosary is. Um, All about that and what happened before and after this. Uh, You see there on page 4 today, Um, is the feast of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also known as St. Edith Stein. Um, She was killed by the Nazis at Auschwitz on this day in 1942. Her face is on the cover of the bulletin. uh, It's an amazing thing 
The next time somebody tells you that, um, you know, faith and reason, they just don't go together, bring up St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. You need to stein. She was the youngest of uh, many children, I think ten children. Her father died when she was very young. She was a Jew in Germany. And uh, around 14, I think it was, she announced to her mother, now a widow, that she was an atheist. Have a nice day. Right? What every mother wants to hear. And she went to college at a time when women were not going to college ever. Not only that, but she got a doctorate in Germany. Uh, it's amazing. She was, um, she was babysitting for this couple. While they were out, they gave her uh, freedom to read in their library. She took down the life of St. Teresa of Avila. She read it in one sitting. The next morning she announced to her hosts that she was going to become a Catholic. Amazing when you read what God did in her life. She and her sister Rosa became Carmelite nuns. Oh, which just thrilled her mother. No, it didn't. And uh, on this day, she and her sister, um, their naked bodies were shoved into the ovens at Auschwitz. Why were they naked? Well, they were in their religious habits and they were being transported the long journey by the cattle cars of the Nazis. Along the way, uh, people, men and women, remember seeing this figure in the Carmelite habit moving about the women so scared, with their children so scared, uh, being um, um, a soothing um, consolation to these women who were going to their death with their children. And of course, before they were killed, they were all stripped naked. They were told they had to take showers, right? Now they were going to be gassed um, at Auschwitz. And that's what happened. So the next time, uh, here is a, uh, a woman who uh, hits all the, uh, the important spots, right? Um, a Jewish convert to Christianity, uh, an atheist, a doctor, Ph.D. Um, so anyway, rather than just rolling over, how about tossing something back in their direction? Uh, tomorrow is the Feast of St. Lawrence the Deacon. Just three days ago, we had the Feast of Saint, uh, Pope St. Sixtus II. Um, Pope St. Sixtus II was very old. He was Pope for about a year. And um, he was martyred by the Roman Empire. He wouldn't sacrifice to the Roman gods. Uh, and he prophesied to St. Lawrence, who was very young, that he would follow him in three days. He'd be martyred in three days. Sure enough, um, St. Um, Lawrence um, was, uh, was uh, tied up. They uh, built a big fire, let it go down to the coals. And then he was placed on a gridiron over a terribly hot fire and roasted alive. The, um, uh, it was said that St. Lawrence, uh, even in such persecution, quipped to his execution or turn me over. I'm done on this side. Well, why even mention that? Well, first of all, um, Saint Pope St. Sixtus was old. St. Lawrence was young. Um, the, God's calling the young and the old and everyone in between um, to the same message. Uh, but look what uh, St. Lawrence was so quick to follow. 
we don't talk about the saints. Why, why would children be? Why would children and young people be interested in the in the faith? We never talk about the saints. Um, so why um, why join the Catholic Church? Why stay in the Catholic Church? Exactly. Uh, Saint Lawrence and Saint Pope Saint Sixtus will be mentioned in the Roman Canon. Uh, Tuesday is the feast of Saint Clare of Assisi. You know Saint Dominic. Uh, yesterday, he and Saint Francis are always mentioned together in the litany of the saints. Well, Saint Claire was the first woman to follow Saint Francis. She's um, in the 50s. She was declared the patron saint of television. Um, she lived in the 1200s. Why would she be the patron saint of, 12, uh, of television? They had terrible reception for TV back then. The um, well, Saint uh, Claire loved going to Mass every day. But she got, in the end of her life, she got so sick, she could not leave her room. God gave her a blessing. There on the wall, she could see what was going on in the chapel nearby. So I guess it was a flat screen. Uh, Wednesday is the Feast of St. Jane Francis de Chantal. She, along with St. Francis de Sales, started the Order of Visitation, the Sisters, um, and 40 years after they did this, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, that's him over there, Sacred Heart of Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, one of the sisters in a convent started by St. Jane Francis, and gave us the 12 promises of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, Thursday, Pope St. Pontian and St. Saint Saint Hippolytus, uh, the Pope, and St. Hippolytus, an anti-Pope. Um, St. Hippolytus did not like the fact that St. Pontian was elected Pope. And so that he was elected anti-Pope. And these two men were reconciled before they died. Um, so it shows you how they, um, even Popes, um, have to work at the Christian life. St. Hippolytus renounced his election. They both were sent to an island uh, to work in slavery until they both died. Um, and they died reconciled to each other. St. Hippolytus was reconciled to the church. He's a saint. Um, so different from the cookie cutter vision that we have of saints. They never did anything wrong and they always did everything right. And da 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 da. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Friday is the feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe. He's also pictured on the cover of the bulletin. Friday also is the fifth anniversary of that image over there. Our Lady Guadalupe, that framed image, was first brought into this church five years ago. A lot of Catholics, when they hear that, would say something like this. Oh, that's interesting. What's for lunch? doesn't bother. It doesn't have any kind of traction, any interest. It must be terrible living with you. Um, if you're the center of the universe, well, don't you know that I have to eat lunch? Yeah, we all have to eat lunch, right? Sure. But um, when um, uh, a fifth anniversary is of no importance to you, uh, again, I'll say it, it must be terrible living with you. Um, the, uh, we are going to have the evening Mass be the Mass of the, the Vigil of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. You can see on Saturday, it's the Feast of the Blessed Mother, and it says under Saturday, please note the obligation to attend Mass for the Assumption has been dispensed by the bishop. What does that mean? I don't have to go to church on Saturday. That's what it means. 
That's what it means. If you want to go for the assumption, you can either go to one of those, either go to the, the vigil mass, that's the one I recommend, or you can attend one of the masses. It won't be the readings for the assumption, but it will be on the assumption. Friends, I'm 26 years a priest, and it seems like every year God has given me tremendous blessings on August the 15th. But they're mine, and you can't have them. So don't even try. No, I'm trying to encourage you to ask. You watch. Um, lifelong blessings have come to me and my family on August the 15th. If you want them, there are plenty of graces to go around. But you're going to have to ask for them. Okay? You can't have mine. The um, Page 7, 8, 9, uh, 10, 11, and 12 go together. Friends, think of bookends. Um, I know what the kids are saying. What's a book? The, um, uh, think of bookends. Um, in, the, in the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the first moment of her life, the Immaculate Conception, the last moment of her life, the Assumption. That's what pages 7 through 12 are about, the bookends. You look at page 10 of the bulletin, and you can see how the bookends of her life are the bookends of World War II. I'm not sure. But I was told that there are people alive today who are alive during World War II. We don't know for sure. The, um, but you read down, and it's amazing what God has done through Our Lady. Uh, and, and emphasis on what God has done um, through Our Lady. Our Lady says it all again, and nobody hears her. Page 11, these are books that you might consider giving to your children, grandchildren who are college students, especially, number one, you see that says uh, uh, Dr. J. Budzisuski. Um, number two, Ask Me Anything, Ask Me Anything. Number two, those two books right there, excellent, excellent books. Page uh, 11, you see number two, it's a must-have book. Here it is. Um, I think it came out in 2007. Um, this book was by Father Andrew Apostoli. Now, many of you know who uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen is. He's, a, um, he's been declared a saint, but he has not yet been canonized. Why? Because two bishops are fighting. I'm serious. The Cardinal Archbishop of New York is fighting with the Bishop of Peoria, Illinois, where uh, Fulton Sheen was born, um, over who gets his body. So uh, Rome said no canonization in Rome until that's settled. So uh, St. Fulton Sheen is, is on the back burner until they get that done. Well, who was the priest who was put in charge of the canonization process? Father Andrew Apostoli, who wrote this book. Why am I bringing all that up? Because this priest is a priest of substance, not just for the reasons I gave, but for other reasons as well. But I'm sure you've, you've got other, you've got several just very reputable modern books on Fatima. I bet not. Uh, or maybe you can go home and dust them. The, um, this is a great one. This is a great one. And look, it's not huge. And it's not a booklet. Um, the, uh, the Blessed Mother appeared May, June, July, August, September, October. She asked the children to come on the 13th of the month. In July, she said those words that you see there at the middle of page 11. Uh, In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Parents, grandparents, 
If your children did not have a road map in this church, they couldn't find the Immaculate Heart of Mary, even though that's her right over there next to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Oh, look at the, look kids, look at the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You know what they would say? Oh, yeah. That's not the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, you know, it sounds like a joke. No, it's not. So parents, you really, grandparents, you really have work cut out for you. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. What does that mean? Well, for most Catholics, it means this. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I just love it when the Blessed Mother speaks to me. Weren't your hearts on fire? No. No, they weren't. So we have to, we have to study uh, this message. Pope Benedict said the message of Fatima is the most important message for modern times. He said that on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima 2007... Um, so um, I recommend you get the book and you start going over it and then talk to your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews about the message of Fatima. To be brief, the message of Fatima, Our Lady said, it is the desire of her son, it's his desire, that we love and respect and venerate her immaculate heart and spread that love, respect, devotion around the world. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. I don't know if you've noticed. It just ain't happening. So um, uh, consider that. Um, you see there on page 11, that book on World War I, uh, Paved the Way for World War II. This is uh, an excellent book in so many ways. Look at number four on page 11. The Bells of Nagasaki and a song for Nagasaki. On this day, 70 years ago, uh, the bomb was dropped over Nagasaki, Japan. Um, Dr. Takashi Nagai, I recommend his book there, but either one of those, the other one was written by a Jesuit. Dr. Takashi Nagai was, a, was born in Japan. He was an officer in their military. He was a pagan. Um, he was a convert to the Catholic faith. He was the founding dean of the Department of Radiology at the University of Nagasaki before World War II started. And friends, not only did he survive the blast of the atomic bomb on this day 70 years ago, but he wrote about it and spoke about it and how he saw this as part of God's plan for him, for his family, for Japan and for the world. Yeah, you know, he must have been treated like a skunk at a wedding in Japan. Right? You know in Japan, how many people are Catholic there? Look around you. And then about half of the number here. No, it's about one part of one percent of the total population in Japan is Catholic. So um, here he was uh, speaking in this way. And... Uh, and think about him, too, the next time somebody tells you that faith and reason don't go together. Why do Catholics, why don't we just roll over? Why don't we give somebody homework, right? Well, I mean, that, what's for lunch? Exactly. That's why. That's why. The, uh, so um, what a riveting book. What a riveting book. Um, page 12, um, When Our Lady Was Assumed Into Heaven, first... As you know, first she died and then she was assumed to heaven. No, that's not what it says. Look at the bottom of page 12. Um, that the Immaculate Mother of God 
The ever-Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. doesn't say whether she died or she was assumed alive into heaven. We do know that she didn't press the button on the elevator, press heaven, and then walk in and go up. No, Christ took her to himself. Took her to himself. She was assumed into heaven. So from the first of her life to the last of her life, Christ did these great things in her life. Um, I know. Everyone already knows this. No, they don't. You would be amazed at the ridiculous stuff that goes through the, the, the minds of some Catholics. I'm serious. We have to talk about these things. Do you want to go to heaven? Yeah, well, if, if she's in heaven, how does she get there? And then you go from there. Um, then uh, page uh, 13 and 14, if you haven't read them, at least read page 14. And then on the uh, last page, we just started this novena. It's an extended novena. So um, you see them over there by uh, St. Joan of Arc. We'll just put yours up there when um, you turn them in. Oh, and the uh, ramp outside here, they're all, they've, they've done a great job putting a new door in and then the ramp. So um, little by little, just be careful. If you're going to use it, just be careful until it's finished. From today's gospel, there at the bottom, Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Did you notice how the gospel started today? It started just like the first reading did from last Sunday. The Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron, his older brother. No, that really wasn't true. Oh, yeah, they murmured against Moses and Aaron. They were really uh, uh, complaining about him. But instead, they just focused on Moses and Aaron. Yeah. Now they, and what, remember what they said last week? In that first reading? Yeah, why did you bring us out to this desert? We, we could have stayed back in Egypt where we had our flesh pots, where we had meat. Oh, yeah, well, we were slaves, but other than that, it was a great place. Yeah, yeah. And so what do we have here in the gospel today? The Jews are murmuring. You know what? What the Jews are doing here, they're murmuring against God, God's own son, and I guarantee you, the same thing will happen to you and your children and your grandchildren unless Christ is the very center of your week, the very center of your life. Oh, you may postpone it for a while. You may put it off for a while. But I guarantee you, in the end, you will grumble against God and you will probably die in your sin and you will never make it to heaven. I'm serious. If you grumble against God and you never change your mind, what? You don't. You, uh, uh, you, you go directly to uh, to heaven. Don't pass go. Collect two hundred dollars. Whatever that means. That's a game. This is not a game. So um, when when you look at when you look at these figures, I pointed out to you: um, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, Saint Teresa, Benedict of the Cross, um, Saint Maximilian Kolbe. Um, Maximilian Kolbe um, died just over, uh, just under a year before St. Teresa Benedicta. Uh, he died in Auschwitz. Auschwitz, as you can see, can you see, the, can you see the barbed wire back here? Yeah, that's not decoration. It was a desert to be in Auschwitz. 
when he was there in Auschwitz, uh, um, the um, the uh, there was there was a guy, a prisoner who escaped. Who in their right mind would want to leave Auschwitz? I mean, we have everything we need right here, right? Somebody escaped, and so the Nazi commandant got all the prisoners together, and he counted off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. When he got to number ten, these ten men were going to die for that one prisoner. When he got to number ten, the man broke down. No, I have a wife. I have many children. Uh, please spare my life. Yeah, lots of luck asking a Nazi for mercy. And what happened was there was a voice that came from the back. It was the voice of St. Maximilian Kolbe. And he volunteered. As a Catholic priest, he volunteered to take the man's place. Oh, the commandant, he was overjoyed at the prospect. Good, I get my ten prisoners to be killed, and I get to kill a priest. So all the ten men in, um, were marched off to the, uh, to the bunker, the starvation bunker, at Auschwitz. And before they walked in, they were stripped of all their clothing. They went into this basement room, no windows, no light, no bathroom, no food, no water. It was a starvation bunker. And the guards closed the door, and the guards had done this before. And the guards always heard people moaning and crying and screaming, right, uh, as they were dying inside. This time, they heard something very different. They heard singing coming from inside. St. Maximilian Kolbe had turned the desert of a starvation bunker into a garden. I'm sorry, your children and grandchildren already know all of this. No, they don't. But we never talk about the saints. Um, So one by one, these men were prepared for death by St. Maximilian Kolbe. After three weeks had gone by, everybody had died except for the saint. So what did the Nazis do? They came in, they brought in a light, and there he was in the middle of the floor, naked, kneeling down. You know the same thing if you or I had been there, right? That's what I would be doing, right? After three weeks, naked, no food, no water, right? In the middle of the floor, kneeling down, right? Sure, that's where he was. And they gave him a lethal injection to kill him. Then they threw his naked body into one of the ovens at Auschwitz. He had turned... Auschwitz into a garden. Um, He had done something similar before the war. Um, He was on a train in Europe and he had terrible help. He really did. Uh, But he was so dedicated to the Immaculate Conception of Our Lady. So dedicated to Our Lady. So he was on a train in Europe when he heard these, these tourists on the train. They were speaking this language he had never heard. They were from Japan. They invited him to come to Japan. And so when he arrived in Japan, not on the train, um, when he arrived in Japan, he arrived there with nothing, not a penny in his pocket. And he started asking for contributions to build a monastery there. You've never heard of the city. He was in Nagasaki. Yeah, Uh, the one that was destroyed today, 70 years ago. Yeah, that's where he was. He wanted to build a monastery there. Well, technically that's not what he was asking for. He wanted to build a garden to the Blessed Virgin Mary in Nagasaki. Uh, To do that in downtown Nagasaki was going to be a pretty penny. So the money collected, he could buy land outside the city next to the mountain. They laughed at him 
What a, what a rotten location. On this day, 70 years ago, when the bomb exploded over the Cathedral of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, only one pane of glass on the window of the monastery was broken. The Franciscans came out and they helped those people who were devastated by the destruction of the atomic bomb. Yeah, St. Maximilian Kolbe turned the desert of Nagasaki into a garden with his Franciscans. Oh, it happens all the time, doesn't it, right? Saint, um, I told you about St. Teresa Benedicta, how she did the same thing, right? With her peaceful, consoling presence there for as long as she lived, right? So, friends, I am telling you that we do not study the Immaculate Heart of Mary, um, our, our Lady made of her heart a garden in which God could walk. God never found sin in her Immaculate Heart. Never found mortal sin or venial sin there. It was a garden he could always walk in. Um, on, uh, in chapter 18 of this book, I'm just going to read you five lines. Um, the, the, the title of the chapter, In the End, My Immaculate Heart Will Triumph. And, and um, Father Apostoli writes, Toward the end of World War II, a group of people survived the atom bomb dropped on Hiroshima, Japan. Where? In a Catholic church less than a mile from the epicenter of the blast. I'm sorry, you probably heard about this all already. Uh, no, I haven't either. When I was a kid in grade school, I read about Hiroshima, not Nagasaki. And I saw the pictures before and after pictures. The after pictures, the, uh, the streets of Nagasaki were just as bald as this wood is up here. Just nothing was there. Everything was either incinerated or vaporized instantly or blown away. There was just dirt. There weren't houses. Uh, it was just, it was a desert. Right, that's the word. It was a desert. It was an atomic desert. Well, that's not exactly true. Uh, you see, a mile from the epicenter where the bomb was dropped, not Nagasaki, this is Hiroshima, August 6th, three days earlier, um, a group of people survived the atom bomb dropped on Hiroshima, Japan, in a Catholic church less than one mile from the epicenter of the blast. Everything around them was completely destroyed. Everyone in the area was killed. Yet amazingly, no harm was done to the church building. No harm was done to the people inside. Not even from the radioactive fallout from the explosion. Now think about how many people that day said, Are you going to church? No, I think I'll skip today. Hmm. Yeah. It would never happen in Greenville. Never. Dallas, wherever. It would never happen. Skip church? Why heavens? No. Right? Everybody inside the church was intact. They were not even affected by the radioactive fallout. So how did that happen? Right? When asked how he could account for this incredible situation, one of the priests, so there was more than one priest working there, one of the priests who survived said this, I can only tell you that we have always tried to fulfill the message of Our Lady of Fatima. 
Friends, how are you going to prevent your children, you or your children or your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, from cursing God and then dying with that on their lips? How are you going to do it? You're so strong. You're so powerful. Uh-uh. What's the, what's the meditation trick you're going to teach them? Um, what's that, how are you going to get them to avoid that trap which is there for each one of us? Me, you, every one of us. This is a desert. Uh, when, you, when you focus on today's gospel, Jesus identifies himself as the bread come down from heaven. And what are the Jews who are steeped in the Old Testament? What do they do? They murmur. They grumble against God. And if, if you read the newspapers and you watch TV or you go on the Internet, that's all you hear is grumbling against God. Well, there's no peace in the world. And look at this and look at that. And yeah, um, and they do not have at the center of their lives Jesus Christ, who is the bread come down from heaven. Look what happened in the first reading today. Elijah, he says, okay, that's it. Everybody wants to kill me. Okay, Lord, take me now. And he lays down under a tree in a desert. And God says, get up, eat that, drink that. And what happens? He's given the power to walk 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God, Horeb. Um, friends, the immaculate heart of Mary um, is the message of Fatima. Uh, Our Lady said, pray the rosary every day for the conversion of sinners and to bring peace in the world. Now, my guess is that most people do not pray the rosary every day for those intentions. Uh, I guess I need to ask the NSA. They'll let me know because they know everything, right? Hello, test, test. Right? Yeah. My guess is that if most kids were asked to pray the rosary, they would say, what's that? Mom, Dad, what's that? Uh, shut up, we'll tell you later. Well, after lunch. Right? Uh, pray the rosary every day for the conversion of sinners. That's all of you. Of course, it's not me. Um, pray the rosary every day for the conversion of sinners and for peace in the world. And you know what? There is no peace in the world. And you know whose fault it is? Exactly. Exactly. His fault. Oh, wait a minute. See, Our Lady of Fatima, if three children, ten, eight, and seven can get it, and I can't, obviously, it's not my fault. Right? So, when we hear from somebody who survived an atomic bomb, Hey, Joe, how's it going? How's your work in Japan going? Oh, it's pretty good. Anything happen? Oh, no. Well, they dropped an atomic bomb on us. Well, you're still alive. How did that happen? I don't know. He told us that we've always tried to live the message of Fatima. You and your children and your grandchildren, your friends and citizens, uh, you will not be able to do it. You will not be able to survive without grumbling against God in this desert. This is a rotten place. It always has been. Do I love America? Yes, I do. The world is a rotten place. And I can point out a million rotten people uh, around the world in government, ugh, uh, politics, ugh, in the church. Ugh. It's a desert. It's a desert. 
And you know how I can make the desert bloom? Prayer and sacrifice for these intentions that Our Lady has spelled out for us. And we have a sign like this from 70 years ago. Oh, that's, that's just history. But if God would only... No, please, don't ask for a sign. I don't want to be anywhere near you when the atomic bomb goes off. Right? The, uh, think about it. Truly, think about it. Your plan, your escape plan. Let's see. Do nothing. And then later on, do nothing. And then after we've done nothing for all that time, then do nothing. Well, that's your safety plan. That's great. Please get away from me. Friends, this is the escape plan for most people. And in the end, because they were in the end they will recognize it is ridiculous. It is deadly. They will turn and grumble against God and say, Look what you did. Look what you did. And they will die with that um, that those words on their lips. And they will go automatically to heaven. Isn't that ridiculous? And the answer to that is yes. And so many Christians believe exactly that. How? But not my children. Again, if your children are so smart, then why is it now at the end of the summer, you have already said a million times a day, close that door. I can't air condition the backyard. If your kids get it on the first time, why do you have to repeat yourself so often? Because they don't. Um, and if they're not living this, if they're not experiencing this in their lives, they're not seeing mom and dad living this, guess what? Delete, delete, delete. And we've got these, well, if, if only God would send me somebody I could imitate. Oh, well, if only God could send me a book. Exactly. What's for lunch? The, um, Jesus tells us, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.